Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Hey, we're going to be doing something a little bit different here on my podcast. A few weeks ago, I had mentioned that I was going to make a pivot here on my podcast. And one of those pivots is me helping you understand your Bible in a deeper way. I'm going to do that by going through the life of David. And so over the coming weeks, I will be posting content uh, where we will be studying First and Second Samuel together. I'll have a teaching at the front of each time that we gather and then also at the end I'll have a discussion with a friend of mine where we go over uh, the study for the day and talk about what we've gotten out of it. My hope is is that the content will help you understand your Bible in a deeper way and each time I post I'll have a link for you to be able to print off a study guide and my hope is that you would grab a friend go through the content and just begin to study your Bible for yourself. So with all that said let's jump into today's content. This week we are looking at 1 Samuel 18, 6 through 30, and this is actually a lot of scripture and so much takes place um, over the course of these verses. Um, But what has happened is uh, David's defeated Goliath and has seen all kinds of things happen. And then now here we see um, David is coming in, and in verse uh, 6, it says, As they were coming home when David returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all of Israelite towns singing and dancing to meet King Saul with timbrels and songs of joy. And the women responded as they laughed and frolicked, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. What's uh, so sad about this is that insecurity will steal your destiny and isolate you from your calling. Here Saul is, and he should have been in a moment of so much excitement and so much joy that the Israelite army um, had had such a great victory over Goliath, but all he could think about was that he wasn't the one that did it. And I think about in our lives, it's how we respond to other people's promotion. It's how we respond when we see other people get the job, when we see other people get breakthrough, when we've been believing God for a spouse and we find out that the guy that we were dating is getting married. And it's how we respond to somebody else uh, letting us know that they got pregnant when we're the ones that have been believing God for a baby. It's those moments that uh, reveal our heart. And what's so sad is that Saul was so angry at this. And instead of partnering with David, which they would have made the most incredible pair to come together, Saul being the most talented in the natural and David uh, being anointed by God, that both of them coming together would have been an unstoppable force. But instead of Saul leaning into David, he then saw David as his enemy. In fact, in verse uh, 8, it says that, And Saul was very angry, for the saying displeased, uh, displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed to David tens of thousands, but to me they've ascribed only thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul jealously eyed David from that day forward. 
And what's so sad is that from that point forward, uh, Saul decided that David was his enemy. And the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And instead of saying that his own heart was the problem, it was his insecurity, it was his anger, it was all the thoughts of inadequacy were his problem, he then made David the object of his frustration. And how many times do we do that? How many times do we make people the problem? We think that it's all about our mother-in-law, we think it's all about the person that betrayed us. We think it's all about fill in the blank, but actually it was Saul's own heart that was the issue. Uh, David had first learned how to serve well in a hidden place, but now he's about to learn how to serve well in a hard place. In verse 10 and 11, um, we see that the next day an evil spirit from God came mightily upon Saul, and he raved madly in his house while David played the lyre with his hand. And as with other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. And David evaded him twice. I think what's so sad is here Saul is, he knows that he needs David for freedom because every time David would play, the evil spirit would depart from him. But yet he despised the freedom that David brought. It's like he wanted freedom, but he hated how God was bringing freedom into his life. And so now we see David um, having spears thrown at him. One of my favorite books is A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. And chapter 7 is incredible. And in it, he talks about uh, the story of David um, with Saul. And I love this because he says, Unlike anyone else in spear-throwing history, David did not know what to do when a spear was thrown at him. He did not throw Saul's spear back at him, nor did he make any spears of his own to throw at him. Something was different about David. All he did was dodge the spears. What can a man, especially a young man, do when the king decides to use him for target practice? What if the young man decides not to return the compliment? First of all, he must pretend he cannot see spears, even when they are coming straight at him. Second, he must learn to duck very quickly. Last, he must pretend nothing has happened. You can easily tell when someone has been hit by a spear. He turns a deep shade of bitter. David never got hit. Gradually, he learned a very well-kept secret. He discovered three things that prevented him from ever being hit. One, never learn the art of spear throwing. Two, stay out of the company of spear throwers. And three, keep your mouth tightly closed. In this way, spears will never touch you, even when they pierce your heart. I love this chapter um, by Jean Edwards in A Tale of Three Kings. If you've never read the book, I can't recommend it enough. I absolutely love it. But in it, he's just letting us know that even though David was having spears thrown at him, he never retaliated. He never um, tried to defend himself. And in our lives, I've found that we can either be defending ourselves or God can, but both can't happen at the same time. And God is a really good defender. And oftentimes in our life, you know that God is promoting you and preparing you when He sits you under a saw. And the Saul is going to be continuously throwing spears at you. He's going to continuously uh, be coming against the God call, the God gift on your life. Even Saul said, what more can he take but the kingdom? Saul saw that God had anointed him for the kingdom. And so everything he was doing was to try to keep that from happening. And oftentimes in our lives, when we're on our way to where God's taking us, there's going to be a Saul that's going to come along. And everything they do is to try to make us question the God promise, the God call on our lives. 
And in this, uh, David, it becomes a constant enemy to Saul. In verse 29, um, it talks about this. And it says, Saul was still more afraid of David, and Saul became David's constant enemy. What's so sad is in, in Matthew 5, it says, Jesus tells us, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In other words, we're all going to have Saul's that are going to treat us like a constant enemy. It's almost like no matter what we do, you can't be enough. You can't accomplish enough. You can't um, be, change everything they want you to change. Uh, in fact, there's been people in my life that it doesn't matter how much I try. I've never been able to measure up to them. In fact, I almost give them a cheers every time I go into counseling. I'm like, this counseling session is for you. Um, because those people that are a constant enemy in our life, it's never going to be enough. And that's what we see with Saul. He commands that David go and get 104 skins. And if he does this, he promises that he will give him his wife. Now, keep in mind, uh, his daughter is his wife. And keep in mind that David already defeated Goliath. This was payment that should have already been due him. But isn't it amazing how the enemy never makes the achievement that we made? He tells us, when you get here, I'm going to give you this. But we reach that marker, and then he extends the the line, the victory line, even further. And that's what we see Saul doing. And so Saul tells him, if you go get 104 skins, I'll make this happen for you. It's almost an impossible uh, request in the natural. And we see that David goes out and does it. He, he brings back not 100, but 200. And... Actually, Saul's demand was impossible without God helping uh, David. In fact, in Exodus uh, 5, 7 through 8, it talks about uh, Pharaoh with the Israelite people, and he's oppressing them as they are have this word from God to get out of Egypt. And Pharaoh sees God's hand on the Israelite people, and so he decides that he's going to make their circumstances more difficult. And so he tells them that they still have to make bricks, but this time they have to do it with no straw. And through a supernatural miracle, God empowers the people to be able to continue to pro to produce what's the Pharaoh's requesting. And I think about this in our life, that there's Saul's that command so much from us. They um, put so much pressure on us to perform and to be what they want us to be. And But through God's grace on our life, right, we're able to do what he's called us to do. And David's secret weapon was always proximity to God. And it was God's hand on his life that empowered him to do what God had called him to do. In 1 Samuel 18, 12, it says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. What's crazy to me is that Saul at any moment could have pivoted his heart back to God. Saul at any moment could have decided to walk in spiritual light, but he refused. And that's what rebellion does to us. Uh, the longer we walk in disobedience um, and to what God's called us to do, the harder it gets to turn back. And Saul's heart was so hard that instead of changing himself, he just made everybody else the enemy. And I, I want to encourage you that easy is never going to be our assignment. What God's called us to do is always going to be difficult, and it's going to be impossible without God being with us. And that's why it's so important in all of our lives, no matter what we're doing, um, that we stay near to God, right? That we're leaning on Him, that we're not looking for people to affirm us. We're not looking for the situation to validate um, the call of God on our life, because in this moment, David could have been like, man, there's no way I'm ever going to become 
king, it would have been easy to acquiesce to what's happening, um, but he decided to stay true to what God had convicted him uh, to do and to be. I love in Romans 8.31, it says, If God be for us, who can be against us? It's a great scripture to quote. It's a really hard one to live, especially when you're having spears thrown at you. But what I love is in the story of David is that we see time and time again, God was so faithful to meet him exactly where he was. Okay, so what y'all have to know is that every time we start this talking part, (laughs) we never know what to say. We're like, do I champion you? really hard or what do you do right here every time we have to figure it out so hey welcome to the talking part maybe if this part had a name it would make it easy um david david and friends david and friends discovering david with with friends friends. (laughs) that's great that's great Uh that's good first and second samuel and friends Oh, okay. That's great. Deep. Just a little uh, extra thing. Uh-huh. I was always confused. Like, I grew up in church, uh-huh. right? And so, like, I know these stories about David. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you actually start picking up the Bible for yourself, mm-hmm. and I was like, David's not even in here. Like, oh also, gosh. like, why is it, why is he, why is his life in First and Second Samuel? Uh-huh. It that does... didn't even make sense to me, like, yeah. as a kid. Yeah. You know, like, I started reading my Bible for real, uh, like, in eighth grade. Mm. Eighth grade, I read my whole Bible all the way through. Emily was like, <laughs> we always tease that. I always tell her, you and I lived very different childhoods. Yeah. 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 But for real, we'll just leave that there. But yeah. just, Emily's a real Christian. You should know that. No. Like, she's been saved all of her life. No. Yeah. She's doing a really good job. <laughs> no. But, yeah, so I'm, like, reading my Bible for the first time, eighth grade, all the Mm -hmm. way through. My Mm -hmm. goal, I am, like, super analytical person. So I was like, okay, if I read four chapters every day, I'll finish the whole Bible. Isn't it interesting, though, that the person that anointed David as king, it's like he wasn't even alive to see all this, but he's named, like, his story because it's, like, his legacy, right? Yeah. Dude, think about that. They're like, why did they— do we know who wrote it? Mm-hmm. We do? Mm-hmm. Who wrote it? First and Second Samuel? Yeah. It was David. He wrote the story of his life. And then he called it by first. Uh, I think Samuel's it was honoring name? him, yeah. Like you uh, named me into this position? Uh-huh. Interesting. Like I never thought. You like, saw me, you called me. Hmm. I don't know. Do you remember the person that called you out? Uh, that called me out to be a pastor? Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Um that like no, truly, um his name is Daniel Plowman. Mm-hmm. Um I was just saved and I was actually sitting on the front row of church and he looked at me. He was like preaching and uh he looked at me and he was like, You're gonna be what Beth Moore is to the church, but you're going to be a spirit-filled version of it. Mm. And he's like, I see you on TV. I see you writing books. And, like, he says all this stuff, right? And I was like, what? No way. Mm-hmm. Like, because in my natural mind, um, I didn't even know the Bible, so mm-hmm. I didn't see that that was possible. Mm-hmm. But it, like, planted a seed. And then fast forward to um, Bear was probably about 18 months old whenever God called me. Mm. 
and I was holding him at the back of the service because he was manifesting, like, demons in our kids' area. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. Wow. He hated kids' area. I understand. Yeah. I understand. He hated it. So yeah. it wasn't the fault of our team. It was just where he was at. And God yeah. called me. Like, God spoke to me, and that was, like, a turning point moment in my life. Yeah. So. That's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. That was just side note yeah. of like, oh, I wonder, like, do you remember when God called you that way? So my Bible will be named, or my book of my story will be called God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really cool. I mean, like, we're just, just side note, like, this is how we talk about the Bible generally. Like, this is just natural. Yeah. So just, like, feeling it out. But, yeah, yeah that's what's cool about, like, I think being a New Testament Christian mm-hmm. is... Like, God does speak to us individually. Yes. You know, He doesn't have to send someone else to yes. come in. Um, I do love, like, my, my, um, um, somebody at ministry school always told me, like, no, God calls you first, mm-hmm. and then your pastors affirm you in that call. That's good. And so that's when you know, like, your pastors set you in, wow. but God calls you. That's good. And, um, and so even coming here, I was like, I feel like I know things God's called me to do. Yeah. But you don't walk in them in authority until your pastor set you into those things. Yeah. Well, you look at all through the um, New Testament, people were sent, right? They didn't right. send themselves out. The right. church is sent out right. like through a pastoral right. covering, right? And I think it's easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Like right now in, the, in our world today, mm-hmm. we have the ability to send ourselves out. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I can start my own podcast and decide that I am a prophet of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and put prophetic words out there every single day. Yeah. Right. But what kind of fruit does that have, and like, what is it doing to the church? That's right. Good. And so, that's just like a little tangent there. Just a but, little bunny trail. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's the God's bringing it back, like the value of like being a part of a house. Mm -hmm. It's not just being like, oh, yeah, God called me. So here I am creating all these events on my own without any covering. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's good. Do you? No, it's (laughs) not. I'm like, I don't think it ever worked that way. No. uh, Brian's dad used to always tease it's called Love Me Ministries. Whenever yeah, like it's he's about like, you. I've never seen a flourishing Christian disconnected from the church no. or from spiritual authority. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work together. Yeah. It's pride. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pride because even Satan said that the fall of Satan, he said, I will make myself. Mm. Like, and that's that's what um people going off, like they're putting I'll God's name on, but yeah. they're making themselves. Yeah. Like that's yeah. God doesn't bless that. Even um, the Bible talks about the spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. and all of them are given for edification of the church. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. cannot be um, functioning in ministry disconnected from the church and be healthy. Yeah. And not, God doesn't call it. I think people do that because they're looking for, well, I'm not going to serve someone mm-hmm. that's not perfect. Right. Right. And like even in your teaching, when you said... Um, you know God's about to promote you when He sits you under a saw. Is like th- there's uh, promotions that God wants to give you, but He can't. Whenever if David was like, I'm just gonna do my own kingdom over here mm-hmm. because Saul doesn't see the potential in me. Yeah, right. And that's what we see people do yeah. often. Yeah. Right? Is like, oh well, Saul doesn't see all the gifts inside of me. Like he doesn't know mm-hmm. that. Like he wasn't there when Samuel anointed me. Mm-hmm. So 
maybe he he just doesn't have a clue, right? And treating Saul with dishonor, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. um, David wouldn't have uh, done all the things God had for him Mm -hmm. without sitting under Saul, right? Yeah. And I think that exactly what we're just talking about is like creating your own kingdoms. Yes. Is is trying to like um, get the promotions of God without the process, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And we need, we have to uh, go through God's process in order to actually sustain what he's, he's trying to give us. Yes. Right? And so. That's good. With that, do you feel like you've ever had to serve bad or hard leadership? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you were ever my boss and you're listening, it was everybody else but you. No. <laughs> you're like, we won't name any names, but yeah. Yeah, 100%. In fact, um, my exit interview, whenever I left the bank um, to, to be home with Braley, um, it wasn't the man I worked for because he was out for my exit interview. Um, which I love, David Brewer. I love him so much. Christy Brewer, I know she listens to the podcast. I love your dad. Um, It was not him. It was another man had to do my exit interview. And he told me that I needed to read books about people skills because he said that my greatest weakness was that I was not friendly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, which is so funny because I definitely think it's like one of your greatest strengths is people i feel like it is i i'm like wow really like like, let me just help you there that's (laughs) so you don't have to brag on yourself it's definitely one of your greatest gifts thank you tell me i'm doing a really good job you're doing such a good job thank you i'm really proud of you i know so but what was funny is i was like wow like he had a moment to like actually build me up which the truth is he was really bad with people and oftentimes, like, what bad leadership is saying to mm-hmm. us about us is mm-hmm. really telling us more about them than it does us. Yeah. And that's, like, one of my biggest things is, like, you do you just – if you get to be a really good listener, yeah. people are telling you more about them, especially bad leadership. Usually their critique is telling you more about mm-hmm. their insecurities mm-hmm. and about what they're dealing with than mm-hmm. it is about you. Mm-hmm. And so it's being um, – Cautious to not internalize those things and uh, just let it roll off of you. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I've had a lot of bad leaders. Yeah. 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 I think we all have. I think if you've had probably everyone's had a bad leader at some point. And might I just say, I'm not trying to promote myself as a good leader because I know I've no. made plenty of mistakes myself. So I'm sure... I mean, we could probably line up a lot of people who've left our church through the years that would say all the reasons why I was a bad leader. So I'm just saying, like, we're all going to make mistakes. Yeah, and I don't think it's like uh, the point is to label people as, oh, you're a Saul or you're a David. Or, like, right. we don't label people as that. We yeah. can label, like, situations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was totally, like, that person was throwing spears at you. Yes. Um, that doesn't make them a Saul forever. That's their identity, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, they totally... Uh, had that on them at that point, right? Yes. And we don't ever, it's kind of like what, what we talk about when we discuss spiritual warfare mm-hmm. is like, yeah, there's spirits, like people act out of spirits, but we never uh, villainize a person. Yes. But like pinpoint the spirit and what they were acting out of. Yes. Right? And so, well, the enemy always wants to describe your, what your sin, right, with your identity. Mm-hmm. Like you are this. Right. Right? Right. But God, like God, He gives us a brand new identity, and we may struggle with things, but it doesn't change who we are in the kingdom. Right. Right. But the enemy always tries to make us be known by our actions. Mm-hmm. And so even those, like, quote, unquote, the world would call them bad leaders, Right. Right. 
Right. But they had bad moments. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a culture that likes to cancel people that make mistakes. Oh, my gosh. Because mistakes are on uh, broadcasted, right? And so... Dude. When... We I, could do a when, whole podcast on cancel culture. Right. We yeah. could. But I'm just, like... Uh, I think we've lost that value of, I think, if uh, we had the same uh, transparent culture as we do right now, there's mm-hmm. a lot of the greats that we still glean from that mm-hmm. we would have already canceled and yeah. missed out on the wisdom that they've carried for 100%. generations, right? David being one of them. Yeah, exactly. And so just with that, like, even bringing up Saul's, I just feel like the conviction of, like, it doesn't help you to... Uh, villainize a, a leader in your life, Mm-mm. but to like recognize like what's my role in this? Like when I do get spears thrown at me, like what's my response? Right? Yes. And so I loved how you talked about um, we get to either we can be our own defender or God can defend us. Yes. Right. And we all get that choice. Mm-hmm. And I think when we choose to defend ourselves, it looks like a Nerf gun against a sword. Right. Literally. <laughs> right. And you're like, yeah, you feel like. You have power until you actually have to use it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually work. No. You know, your Nerf gun doesn't work against the enemy. Well, and it may work for a moment, right? But even the Lord's told me before, if you defend yourself, you will always have to defend yourself. Yeah. Because tomorrow there'll be another battle. And as soon as you get tired, you lose. Yes. Literally. Right? It's more like, more accurately, like, have you ever seen people like spray paint a Nerf gun black? Mm -hmm. And so from afar, it looks like, oh. Like, we don't want to mess with them. They have, mm-hmm. like, they have a gun, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But as soon as they get closer to you, mm-hmm. as soon as, like, real warfare happens, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't they have, have nothing. Yes. Right? And so, but when God defends us, we're just, like, chilling in the meadow. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, God's going out to war for us. Yeah. Even what we read in our commentary today was talking about how uh, we're described as sheep. Yes. And, like, sheep have no ability whatsoever to defend themselves. Dude, in our commentary today, we were reading about John 10, and I thought it was so good. They were like, if you've ever believed in evolution, sheep— would totally ruin that whole thing. They would be completely out. They would right. be completely out because they have no way of defending themselves. Right. They have no way so of providing have for just themselves. Made it through. No, yeah. they would have. They would have died in evolution. Yeah, like they would have been extinct. Like yeah. literally. Yeah, because they can't do anything on their own. No, the sheep is wholly reliant on the shepherd for its defense. Mm. Yeah. So are we? I think sometimes we get a bigger view of ourselves mm. and we think I can do this on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And really, we can't. And I often think about David, like how day in, day in, like he went into Saul's house knowing what was going to happen, but yet still serve the Lord with just such humility. Mm-hmm. And I pray I'm that way, you know, that um, my heart can stay clean yeah. in like the hardest of circumstances. Because, yeah. man, David did it really well. Yeah. 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 And I think at the end of the day, right, God looks at our hearts, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. doesn't look at position or title. He looks at our hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we're all on the same playing field in his mm-hmm. in his uh, head, in mm-hmm. his mind. Mm-hmm. And he looks at like, oh, do you have rebellion in your heart? Or mm-hmm. like, do you have like a true repentance? Yes. You know? What gets the final say? Yeah. Right? Am I really Lord of your life or are you Lord of your own? Right? Yes. Right? Oof. And I think when you choose to defend yourself, it's you're Lord of your own life. Right. Literally. And I've tried that before. It doesn't work. 
No. It's actually terrible. I'm always like, God, why did I try to do this on my own? I thought this would be better. It sucks really bad. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's like taking the something that should have been so simple and making it so complex. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like uh, I've seen um, my dad would always do this. <laughs> he would take like a box, like some kind of box meal. Mm-hmm. And... That has a recipe on the back. Mm -hmm. But he would decide, like, I'm going to just make it however I want to make it. Mm -hmm. And not with, like, knowledge of cooking or, like, (laughs) not because he knew, like, oh, it's actually, it would taste better if I used more butter or Mm -hmm. whatever. No, it would just be, like, I think I can do this better than what the box says. So I'm just going to do it. Right? Like, I'm just going to put it at a different temperature because I want to. And I'm also going to use this instead of this. I'm picturing your dad doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I would be like, Dad, like, the recipe is on there. Like, it tells you how to do it. Like, why are you doing it your own way? Mm -hmm. And he would just be like, I know what I'm doing. Like, he would just, that was part of one of his problems was pride, right? Mm -hmm. We all know, like, um, people that have a hard time with, like, saying sorry or recognizing Mm -hmm. when they do the wrong thing and Mm -hmm. all those things. So every time he'd be like, stop telling me what to do. Like, Uh I know what's best. And you're like, okay, Dad. Like, that's fine. But actually, like, him doing it his own way always tasted worse. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I mean, like, the Bible is. Like, there's, like, recipes in there. Yeah. For, like, how things work well. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, it's literally the original sin. The enemy made them believe that God was keeping something good from them. Right. Right. And that's that's what happens when we begin to go out and provide on our own. And that's why the greatest core value you could have is that God is good. Yes. If you believe God's good, then all the other things fall away, right? Yeah, that's deep. Right? Yeah. Because you're not like you uh, giving up something he asks you to give up is not saying, oh, this is going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Believing God's good means when he says to lay something down, it's actually better for you. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't ask us to do things that are bad for us. Right. Right? Right. He has our best in mind. Always, always. And so it's not, it feels like sacrifice because we just don't understand. But in reality, in reality, God's goodness, if we really believe God's good, we're like, oh, it's like holding a knife by the blade and him saying, can you please put this down Mm -hmm. and turn it over to the other side? (laughs) And you're like, but God, I don't want to. I really like this knife. (laughs) Right? But it's like cutting your hand while you're holding it. Yeah. And so, um, But believing God's good, like when we know, like, just like our parents have good intentions for us, when we know that, and that God's way better than that, when he says, hey, can you lay this down and just turn it over? Mm. And we believe that and we act on his goodness. Mm -hmm. That's good. Not on, you're taking this away from me? I wanted it, right? When we believe that, we're like, oh, this is easy to lay it down. You're actually doing this because you know it's better for me. So to the people that are like listening right now and maybe they're serving a Saul and they're having spears thrown at them, what would you tell them to encourage them right now? If they're being, have spears thrown at them. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? Like you in the seasons where you were in and you were serving, you know, leadership that was hard and difficult. Maybe you've had one leader in your life that was like that. But, like, you looking back, like, what would you tell them to encourage them? Because, like, there's people probably listening right now, and they're like, no, I'm actually there. Maybe it's your employer. Maybe it's um, somebody you're under, uh, whatever it is. Um, How would you encourage them? 
I would say that no matter who your earthly leader is, that God's ultimately your leader. Yeah. And I said this to someone recently, that when we're submitted to God, mm-hmm. he, he never encourages, encourages us to dishonor someone, even when they're dishonorable. Yes. Right? Grace covers. Yeah. Love and covers. So, so even when we do have, like, in quotes, bad leaders, right, and we're serving them, we're like, I can see, like, this is totally not how God would lead me, mm-hmm. right? But my job as serving them is not to control how they're leading me mm-hmm. or to point out all the things they're doing wrong either, mm-hmm. right? My job is to honor them. That's good. And to serve them, right? And to trust, like, ultimately God's going to defend me. Yeah. So I don't have to figure out why, like, oh, God, when are you going to make them a better leader? Or when are you going to, like, as soon as you decide I'm going to start promoting myself above this leader or I'm better than this leader, you're Absalom, mm-hmm. right? Dude, every person <laughs> listening, if you haven't read Tale of Three Kings, right. read so it. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as your heart becomes, I'm actually better than Saul. Yeah, yeah. I would be a better king than Saul. Mm-hmm. Saul shouldn't be even in leadership, right? Saul doesn't even know how awesome I am. As mm-hmm. soon as you get there, you're Absalom. Yeah. And you're in rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I've never experienced, every time I've submitted myself even to bad leaders, God's always rewarded it. Mm-hmm. Every time. And the reward solely of your heart feeling clean towards who you're leading mm-hmm. is worth it. Yeah, that's good. Every time. Because he doesn't call us to be all the greatest in ourselves, right? No. I think that's just how it, how it rolls. Yeah. Like, Jesus didn't—Jesus uh, modeled the same thing for us. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But, like, in, even in a practical sense. Yeah, the Bible says that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter mm-hmm. and said not a word. Yeah. He no didn't doubt. prove to them all the reasons why they should honor him and— Mm-mm. Right? No. Every time. He never he never felt he had to prove himself. And that's Jesus. <laughs> you know, all the way to death. And so I think the biggest thing when you're uh d- dealing with leaders like that mm-hmm. is is the like constant check yourself. Yeah. Like am I defending myself right now yeah. or am I like plotting a way to get above Even, them? Uh-huh. Cuz really it feels like that like I need to get to a higher place so that they can't throw spears at me anymore. But they still will. Yeah. Yeah. David is slain as thousands, like tens of thousands. Saul is slain as thousands. Like, it's never enough. Right. Even if you level up, they're still going to find a way to get to you. Yeah. It's hard. I had had somebody launch, like, a whole-on attack against me one time um, to the point that they put my phone number in, like, bathroom stalls for sexual favors and... Um, did all God. kinds of stuff on social media against me. Even wrote a whole book about me. It was like, wow, I know you're was, popular. I'm really famous. <laughs> and um, it was actually my sister called me to ask me what I was going to do, and I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I don't need to say anything. I don't need to defend myself. Like the people that believe him and uh, want to side with him, mm-hmm. anything I say doesn't change their mind. Mm-hmm. But the people who love me and support me, they know the truth, Mm -hmm. and so I don't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really hard to just, like, walk away quietly. But I I feel like God's favor on that, you know, even in that. And so I would just encourage you, like, if you're out there and you're listening and 
and you have spears being thrown at you and false accusations being made. Like, I so know what that feels like. I've yeah. walked through that. Yeah. Really hurtful things. And um, I've found that the truth always comes to light. And usually the people you lose are the people who weren't really with you anyways. Yeah. You know, the people yeah. that are persuaded to um, gang up against you. And so I would encourage you in the season. Um, faithfulness is our part, right? Promotion is God's part. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't promote myself. I can't bring increase. I can't do any of that. But I can be faithful. And that's a choice I make every day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my job is just stay close to God. And I, and I love that we talked about that today in the lesson. It's just it's our proximity to Jesus. That was David's secret weapon, is being yeah. close to God. Yeah. And that's really why Saul was jealous, is because mm-hmm. he saw God's hand of favor. And, and I'll, I'll encourage you wherever you're at, like the closer you get to God, the more enemies you actually are going to have. Jesus didn't have enemies before he started uh, his ministry. Yeah. Yep. He was like this unnamed, unknown man, mm-hmm. just like nobody even know who he, knew who he was. Right. Nobody cared. But whenever people started seeing the hand of God in his life, and the more it increased, the more people he had against him. Yeah. And the same is going to be true in our life. Like, yeah. there's just going to be people, and they're against the God gift on your life. It's really not about you. It's all more spiritual than you think. Yeah. So, Bill yeah. Johnson used to always say, um, if you never run into the devil, you probably are running in the same direction. Dude, that's true. And I'm like, oh. Because and it's true, I, it's it is true. So and we must be really running with God because we're fighting him on every step, dude. I feel like, yeah, definitely. We're hard, very close to the season. Lord right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh God. Yeah. I also felt like I want to speak to people, and like we're on a podcast, so like you can raise your hand in your car. <laughs> but. <laughs> Like, for people that feel like, no, I actually feel like I identify with Saul right now, and I have people, like, I feel threatened. Like, there's people coming up under me that are threatening my position. Oof. And, like... So let's talk about that, because a lot of times we make ourselves out to be the David because we want to read yeah. the scripture as a hero. But like, yeah, yeah sometimes maybe you soul. read it and you're like, 100%, I'm the insecure leader. I'm throwing spears. I feel really insecure right now because that person, they could do my job better than me. Yeah. Or they could, they're actually more gifted in what I feel called to do than I am. Dang. Right? So what would, you, what would you say to a person that's listening and they're like, I am Saul? I think that if you if you feel like you have to keep yourself in the position, if you have to strive to keep your position, then you didn't. Mm-hmm. Then God didn't promote you in the first place. Yeah, I think we have to always. I have to do this too because I've got I've felt that before when I'm like, oh my God, like the thing I want, like God's promoted you to this position, mm-hmm. and I have to. If you feel like you have to try to sustain that position. Right then, I always fall back on no. God put me here. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't make myself this a songwriter. Mm-hmm. God did that. Mm-hmm. So like, if I feel like threatened, like that's about to be taken away from me, mm-hmm. I always have to fall back on like I actually didn't put myself here, and God can take it away anytime He wants. That's good. Like He can move me anytime He wants. I love something that Brian was told at one of the conferences recently is that the only title that we should be like in love with is the title son. of the son or daughter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, that's so true. Yeah. And so I I fall back on always like God promotes me into or gives me tasks. Mm-hmm. But those tasks can't be my identity. Mm-hmm. And so if he puts decides to put someone else on that task, mm-hmm. that's his business. It's mm-hmm. not mine. Mm-hmm. 
And so... So when you see people coming up, like, underneath you, and you see that they're more skilled, more talented, more qualified, and you catch yourself picking up a spear, mm-hmm. what do you do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to retreat first. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't react. Yeah. Right? So if I feel myself like I want to react to this mm-hmm. in any way, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're doing that? That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's anything other than like I want to champion you so hard, mm-hmm. if it's not even if it's not I want to champion so, you so hard in this, then I just have to like go away and fix my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if my heart isn't like, oh my god, that's so amazing, can I give you like a bunch of tools to mm-hmm. that I have, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. that should be our response. Mm-hmm. If my response is not, oh my god, let me do everything I can to make you successful in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm then I have to, like, I just can't say anything. That's good. Right? Yeah. I don't know if that's the right thing, but I know, like, I don't uh, shame myself for not having, like, perfect thought patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am responsible for, like, okay, God, you can fix my heart. Yeah. Okay. So, like, and it, I think it becomes quicker the more self-aware you are. Yes. Right? And so a lot of people respond as a soul, and they don't even know they are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, the Bible says the heart is um, deceitful. Right. Right? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, well, I see. Have a good time with that. Have a good time with that. That's going to be really hard. I didn't have a really easy time with that. So you won't either. I see a lot of Christians that um, pass, uh, they call discernment, uh, judgment discernment. And I'm like, no, you're just being judgmental and insecure. Mm -hmm. You're not being discerning. Yeah. Yeah. Or they give their testimony of difficulty in in your dreams. Yeah. Right? So, like, someone shares your dream. And they're like, oh, well, let me tell you the seven reasons why that won't work. Literally. Right? That's, those are spears. Yeah. Right? It's not here's tools. Yeah. It's I feel like for me, like what I have to do when I feel insecurity and I catch myself picking up a mm-hmm. spear is I make myself champion really hard and in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like if I can do that, like yeah. right then just vocally being like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I'm so happy for you. Like it really does help me. Yeah. In fact, you were at the table with me um, after a Wednesday night revival, and this guy was like telling us all these amazing things that he had happened to him. And like, like I, I was so like, awesome. that is so awesome. I, <laughs> I was like, I love this for you. That's not my story, yeah. but I love your story. And like making myself champion it like out loud in that yeah. moment, it helps silence the voice I'm not of responding in jealousy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The last time it happened to me in the moment, I was like, oh, let me tell you like something that helped me a lot mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Like, inside, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like, I feel a little bit insecure in this. Mm -hmm. But I also want to tell you, like, I feel like I just walked through this. And, like, let me tell you what what would help. Yeah. And, um, but I still walk away. And I'm like, God, I want to make sure, like, I want to champion that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever be someone that's, like, insecurity of losing a position is pride, too. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, this isn't my position. Mm Mm-mm. God places people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so when my time's done, my time's done. Oh, I know. That in Gene Edwards' book, it gets me every time. Yeah. He's like, maybe I failed too many times that the Lord will not use me again. Maybe his hand is off my life. And he's like, only the Lord knows. But I love the heart of David. Like, he never, ever tried for it. He just was like, God, whatever you want. And you don't want a kingdom that God didn't place you in. No. You don't. No. 
Like, you know, you personally know. We both know, like, um, carrying something that God didn't give you. It's carrying something God did give you is hard. Yes. So carrying something that you promoted yourself into is actually hell. It's awful. It's horrible. You don't want it. You don't want it. It seems nice from the outside. And Mm. that's the point. Like, most people see, like, they're like, oh, that looks great. Like... Look at Saul in his palace. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Look at David in his palace. Mm-hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. And you don't see, like, uh, all the behind the scenes. Yeah, part. all the spears that were thrown, yeah, all the rejection that happened. you don't see that all happened. that. Yeah. There's lots of people that they saw, they saw, and you can hear it in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Just like I read in a commentary about a lot of the Psalms, um, they weren't written by, like, a lot of them, even when they weren't written by David, were written from David's point of view because mm-hmm. they saw him as their, like, as their victor. Mm-hmm. And so people saw David as that. They're mm-hmm. like, whoa, you're our champion. Like, mm-hmm. you always win. Like, mm-hmm. people's perspective of David's life. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons why he felt so, like, convicted to write his story. Yeah. Right? Like, this was not all, like, yes, all glory and gold. Yeah. Like, there was this some was really hard, hard stuff. stuff in here. And yeah. I messed up. And, like, I didn't always win. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, like, God has a final say. That's good. And so I love that. I love that. Don't promote yourself. That's the moral of the story today. It's like, let God be God, and let's just be his sons and daughters. Honestly, like, everything we teach, I'm always like, can you just please leave and remember that? Mm -hmm. Like, if you never get your dream board out and, like, do your dream board, like, those are, like, sub- Subtruths, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't the really, ultimate goal is the ultimate goal is to become sons and daughters. If mm-hmm. you've lost that, your dreams don't really even matter. Mm-mm. Your dreams become striving outside of family. Yeah, really, truly, identity, right? Yeah, your kingdom identity. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as you start chasing position, you start chasing your dreams. Like outside of being a son and daughter, it becomes striving. It's good, and it becomes self promotion. It's good, and we don't need that. We don't want to be Saul's or Absalom. No. Right? David David had vision. Yeah. But his dream was to be with God. That's good. That's yeah. so good. Man, I love this. I love it too. I love it so I'm much. so passionate about David. Yeah. Let's talk about the ultimate spear. Oh. Is that, how many years ago was that? Is probably 2018. Okay. So three years ago. Okay. I'm going to talk about the... Um, just to end this here, All right. I was talking about how I love David so much, and I had like a whole year where I like couldn't get out of First and Second Samuel, mm-hmm. and I had a pastor that was like, "You don't even read your Bible," and you're like, "Yeah, I, I was do. like, yeah, I do every day," and they're like, "You only read First and Second Samuel, like <laughs> read something else, right?" Uh-huh. And I was like, "We've we're talking about how like that was a spear mm-hmm. like thrown at me right mm-hmm. when I was like." God was preparing me even for this, mm-hmm. right? There's so many things that God spoke to me mm-hmm. in that time mm-hmm. that now I like I live in the fruit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, I know this is where God's asked me to yeah. do, right? Yes. He's not condemning me for being in first and second Samuel. Yeah. But like you are. Yeah. Right. And so what do I do with that? Yes. Yes. But now fast forward, it was exactly what you needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so usually the things that people are accusing us of, mm-hmm. it's actually like an indicator that you're on the right path. 
Right. 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 It's like it's the person that's saying that you're not called. Mm-hmm. It's because you are. It's because mm-hmm. the person that's saying that you're not a good worship leader. It's because you are. Right. The person that's saying that you're never going to make it as a songwriter. It's because right. you are. It's the English teacher that told me my biggest problem is that I write like I speak. And, it's, and you're like, I do. <laughs> I know. I do. And I'm still doing it, right? Right. And God, by His grace, is using it. And so I think, like, if you want to know where God's going, like, look at the spears that are being thrown yeah. on your life. Yeah. And it's a good indicator of what God's going to do later. Yeah. So. That's really good. Yay. I love this. Great. I'm so glad you're here, all of you. Way, to, way to be here on the podcast. Great. And so, like always, uh, share it with somebody. I, I know it spoke to your heart. And my hope is, is that you're getting together with somebody and having... Uh, conversations around the word. Uh, my prayer is is that through this podcast, it's sparking a conversation between you and a friend. Um, the notes are down below. You can check them out. And if you haven't done so already, be sure and hit subscribe so you never miss out on an episode here on my podcast.